topics. I'm Megan. Oh, and I'm Brooke. <laughs> Could you guys tell? Could yeah. you tell because based on our voices that we were tricking you? <laughs> we're just a couple of tricksters over we here. Are. Yeah. I'm Megan. <laughs> and I'm Brooke. I do kind of think we sound similar. Do you think so? When you listen to the pod? Actually, no. <laughs> I was... Th- <laughs> I was thinking that right now, but then when you ask it that way, no. (laughs) I was thinking that until you asked in that way and made me question my entire existence. (laughs) Now, no. Now it's the opposite. (laughs) Well, that's kind of a good, like a scattered thought process is a good runway into our topic today because we're talking about ADHD. Yeah, and you know what's funny is when I was prepping for this episode, I could not be more ADHD while prepping for the episode. Ironic. It was so funny. Like, when I was trying to, I was looking up articles and things that I can, like, things we can mention and discuss on this podcast, but I went all over the place for how I was finding these these pieces of information, and I was trying to multitask around my apartment, but I was literally finishing each task halfway <laughs> and then going back to the dock and writing things That's down. That's a classic ADHD symptom. Yeah. Not being able to finish a task. <laughs> exactly. So I have all these half tasks going on, but at the same time, I'm writing on this dock for what we should discuss in this episode. Yeah. So it felt really on par with this discussion. What's going on? <laughs> are, now, question, are you ADHD? Do you have ADHD? Yeah, that's a good question. I was thinking about this when writing this episode. So when I when I was younger in like elementary school, my mom thought I was ADHD. So okay. she went and got me tested and they said I did not have it. Uh-huh. Um, however, I do think I have like a mild form of ADD. Uh-huh. I don't have ADHD though. Okay. And I think from, uh, from what I understand on the research, the difference between the two, the ADHD is just like a lot more like foot tapping and like... Um, fidgeting and doing all the stuff that requires mm. you to like, m- you know, move physically with mm-hmm. a lot of that yeah. energy. Whereas ADD, without the hyper, the mm. H, I guess, yeah, <laughs> um, it's more just like it's it's not as like um, need fidget spinners. Like physical need... manifestation. It's more like go. yeah, long term, like maybe is it more like can't complete divided attention tasks like can't you know exactly okay yeah like like the example i'd mentioned before which is perfect which is just not being able to complete tasks doing things halfway Mm -hmm. in fact the weirdest thing today i was brushing my teeth and i had the water running and i stopped didn't put the toothbrush down i left the water running because i realized i forgot to respond to someone's text so i went and got my phone Mm -hmm. responded to the text came back to the water that was running to finish (laughs) you were like oh i left this running yeah (laughs) didn't need to do that that's like a weird example but like it kind of was like i didn't finish the the toothbrush thing because i immediately my brain told me i needed to go Mm -hmm. do this other thing right now Hmm. yeah (laughs) that's so fascinating or maybe does it manifest in like difficulty organizing your day or like organizing yeah sequences of things for sure like like um yeah like figuring out what you're going to prioritize that day yes that's what I mean yeah so figuring that out is always really hard for me and then when I do figure it out like I said I'll start 
doing that one thing and halfway through just not complete it and it's like a bunch of uncompleted tasks throughout the day mm-hmm. and it's very irritating wow yeah that's right and then it makes you feel stressed yeah yeah it adds to your stress level it adds to everything do so i'm assuming you don't have or do you do you have ADD? no i don't think so i think sometimes when i'm really stressed no. i can start to have difficulty finishing tasks but yeah. because i feel so overwhelmed i'm like i have so much to do and so then you're like Okay, I've completed as much of this as I can tolerate right now. I just feel stressed that this other thing isn't even sort of done. So I'm going to go do that to like kind of appease my overwhelmed state. And then I'll do this later. But I don't generally struggle with that. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. I've always struggled with it, but I never technically got diagnosed with Mm -hmm. it, which I thought was really strange growing up because I for sure thought like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be diagnosed with this. What age were you? Uh, I was like sixth grade. So, okay. Um, I feel too, like since then, cause we're 32 now. So yeah. I think the research and the expertise level has gone up. Yeah, for sure. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Know? I haven't gotten retested since then. And I'd be curious to yeah. do that. It might be helpful. I mean, I feel like oh, this, there's this new wave of new diagnoses for autism for ADHD for ADD that didn't happen when people were children just because people knew less yeah you know and people are finding freedom in that I think right you know I remember at that time like my dad my mom was curious about whether or not I had it and my dad just like didn't believe it exists and like still Mm -hmm. there's so much of that generation that just thinks a lot of this is just bullcrap yeah exactly (laughs) bullshit so like you know it's 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 so funny to see the difference of generations too, but also the fact that I think it's it's more empowering that we have more knowledge about these things, mm-hmm. that we have actual medical references to point to some of these things that we struggle with all the time. Yeah. Right? Totally. I, I'd rather have a an identif I'd rather it be identified, right? Yeah. Than it not. Yeah. So Well and I have a lot of people come in to my um the outpatient clinic that I work at and Mm -hmm. the parent will say like, Oh, I don't want that test essentially because I don't want them to have the diagnosis. And typically my education to them is that it's not, you know, the stigma is in your mind. Sometimes, uh, you know, this like a stereotype, there's some truth to it. So I understand the stigma is like the truth of that is that some people will think negatively of people with a diagnosis. Some people will be bullies. Some people that yeah. exists, you know, that's why the stigma's there. That's why you're saying you don't want that. I, I get that. But really the reason that we want to give people diagnoses is to get them the support that they need, because without this diagnosis, you cannot be referred to these therapies. Right. You know, right. and that, that's what this person needs. Right. Know? So, you know, it's, we have to get hard. over that, the aspect though of like using, yeah, like what you said, it's it's meant to support us, not mm-hmm. be this thing where yeah. we're just touting like, well, I'm this. That's mm-hmm. why you, you know, um, and yes. like as an excuse for your behavior type thing. You know? Exactly. And you know what? I don't even actually know much about ADHD. Oh. What is it? Yeah, let's go into what it is. So um, it stands for Adult Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Uh, It's a mental health disorder that includes a combination of persistent problems such as difficulty paying attention, hyperactivity, and impulsive behavior. So back to what I was discussing about this is that's the difference between ADD and ADHD is the hyperactivity 
aspect of and it. And actually makes sense because a lot of the kids who will come in who we refer to like the developmental team to get diagnosed with something like an overarching diagnosis like this or autism or something like that, the yeah. kids who I'll refer out for possible ADHD are cannot sit still, cannot stop moving. Yes. They're running around my office constantly touching things, sitting down, standing up, rubbing something, you know, grabbing this. If I ask them to do something, they you can tell that they're trying to yes. do it, but it's not they're not able to focus on it because they need to be constantly grabbing at something or moving. Yeah. And you could say, well, it's not just every kid ever, but no. No. Not to this extent. And when you see uh, you know, however many kids I see in my office, the difference is obvious. Oh, I bet. It's so obvious. I bet. And people just say stuff like that when they don't see a lot of kids. They don't have a lot of anecdotal experience that, or they haven't right. read the actual objective research. And it's like, why? Well, I just don't understand people's response. Like, oh, isn't that every kid? It's like, do you, have you seen a bunch of kids? Have you really done a comparison? You know, yeah. like, what are you, where are you coming from right now? Exactly. Who do you think you're helping? <laughs> I know. I know. There is a kid that I grew up with, um, through, I don't know, through, I don't know what program it was, but some after school program I was doing. Um, but she had it really bad. She was my age at the time. We were in junior high or something and she had ADD super, super bad. And then I remember her, um, her parents put her on some sort of like drug for it. And she, it was like light and day yes. difference, which, it, you know, that stuff is sad though, too. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we do over medicate our kids sometimes when it comes to these things, but I, it, for her, it was something she yeah. absolutely needed and yeah. it, she became much better after that. So, yep. Anyways, getting back on track. <laughs> yes. And it, adult, it says adult ADHD can lead to unstable relationships, poor work or school performance, low self-esteem, and other problems. I mean, hello, that totally makes sense. Yeah. With the things we just said are happening, of course, those are going to be consequences. Right, right. So why, and when somebody takes medicine and it changes those symptoms, they can have intimate relationships. They can have, you know, appropriate work and school development. They can have better self-esteem because they're not constantly trying to feed whatever that is inside of them, right? For sure, for sure. These same people have trouble staying focused. They mix up appointments. They miss parts in conversations easily. They skip easily into addictions. They might, you know, feet tap, thumbs fidgeting, um, Mm. restless leg uh, syndrome, I think is something as well. Um, actually, I, I shouldn't even mention that. I'm not sure if this I is going I think that's something else. Is but it? like tapping your foot or moving, fidgeting with your legs. Yeah. That's probably something. Okay, that makes sense. Um, okay, and so some of the possible causes of ADHD. So this is interesting because a lot of people have different takes on what causes ADHD. And there's, um, there's different articles that are all valid sources but have different opinions on this. Um, but some of it can be the brain anatomy and function. So a lower level of activity in parts of the brain that control attention and activity level may be associated with ADHD. Mm. Now that's just a possibility. It's, we're not talking in facts here. This is just stuff that, you know, has been talked about, Mm -hmm. um, genes and hereditary. So people say ADHD frequently runs in families. A child with ADHD has a one in four chance of having a parent with ADHD and it's also likely that another close family member, such as a sibling, will also have it. Hmm. So uh, a lot of people say it's that. Um, there are professionals who disagree with that specifically in regards to genes and it being in the genes. Um, but we'll discuss a little bit about that later. Um, significant head injuries, they say, can cause ADHD. Um, prematurity 
increases the risk of ADHD. So I'm guessing that's pregnancy, right? Premature. Yeah. So not born at term, born before 40 weeks. Yeah. Uh, prenatal exposure, such as alcohol or nicotine from smoking, can increase the, um, the odds of ADHD. But it is important to note that there's no scientific evidence to back the claim that ADHD can be caused by excessive sugar intake, food additives, and allergies and immunizations. Mm -hmm. So I thought that I would just add that note there only because uh, that is a common myth that people mention that you could get it from those things. Totally. Um, And there's no evidence to back that. So, Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, And... Yeah, so there was another, we wanted to just mention this because, and I'm glad that you you told me to listen to this podcast. It was just really good timing. I had listened to Chelsea Lately's podcast, Dear Chelsea. Yeah. Um, And it was just in the first, like, two minutes, I just listened to it on my way to work. And I realized, I remembered you were making this uh, outline for us. And I was like, oh, this this is relevant. (laughs) It was just one of those universe things like, Oh, cool. It was perfect. Well, on the episode, she has someone named Gaber and I'm totally, I think it's Gabor Mate. (laughs) Okay. I was just, I was literally just going to say, I'm about to butcher his name (laughs) so bad. I think that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Because when I heard Chelsea say it, she definitely said Mate Mm -hmm. for his last name, but it is spelled Gaber Mate. So in my head, (laughs) that's what I keep saying. He's a, he's a physician, a writer. I think he's Hungarian. Yeah. Um, he's actually, he's really cool. I've watched a lot of his podcasts. Yeah, Have you like seen him? him? Or, yeah. Yeah. And he has two really successful books. I think one is um, The Body Keeps the Score, or no, it's another. No, it's, um, it's well, his books are called Scattered Minds and The Myth of Normal. That's right. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And so anyways, in this episode, he talks about... ADHD, and he doesn't believe it's a genetic disorder. He believes it has to do with the environment in which the child grows up. And this is someone in the mental health field. Which He's should a mention. physician. He's a physician. Psychiatrist. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't, I don't know that he's a psychiatrist, but I know he's a physician. (laughs) Yeah. He's got some sort of credential that makes him worthy. Okay. (laughs) So we're listening, Gabor. Um, so yeah, he believes it primarily has to do with the home environment. And what's really interesting is he says he has ADHD Mm -hmm. and his kids do too. Mm -hmm. And so he mentions that he was really stressed uh, when his kids were growing up Mm -hmm. and that he was, didn't, obviously he doesn't mean to create a stressful environment at home, but because of all the stress he was going through when his kids were younger or little, Mm -hmm. um, he believes that created an environment for them to also have it. So I thought that was interesting to note because uh, the fact that, you know, he doesn't believe it to be hereditary. However, mm-hmm. um, he does believe that he fostered that environment or him and his wife. He said his wife was also very stressed and stuff. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because he was like, you know, the reason that people think it's genetic is because there is a, well, like we said before, one in four chance that a sibling or the parent will also be have ADHD. But he's saying he doesn't believe it's actually in the DNA that it's a higher risk of a sibling or a parent to have that because it's more about the passing down of of character traits to suppress conflict to suppress poor emotions and that ends up making your brain um tune out yeah so the the brain tuning out he says is the capacity of the human mind as a defense mechanism due to stress. So he's thinking that there's an increase in heredity, not because of DNA and genes, but because of, you know, p- people attract the same type of 
health that they're in. So yeah. if you're kind of unhealthy, you're going to attract a kind of unhealthy partner. You have kids. Now you're both in a kind of unhealthy place, putting yeah. that now onto the kid. All of this is going to affect how their brain develops. Right. And you're, the kid is developing while tuning out and their brain learns to do that. Right. So that's what he's saying. Um, he believes it's happening based on his research. And then he mentioned his anecdotal experience of his own relationship and his own kids. Right. Um, and this is just one person's take on this, by the way. We're just mentioning it because it's it's worthy to mention. Yeah. However, not one professional is going to, you know. He, he, I don't think he's the only one who believes this, but that he was the one person I heard explaining it. But I don't think he's the only one who has said this. You know, and I was thinking, oh, what a connection to codependency, because if you're used to tuning out conflict and stress and your feelings, you're not processing your feelings or being honest with people about your needs. Mm -hmm. You're just learning to shut down and act like everything's okay. Yeah. And then there we go. We're codependent. (laughs) There we go. There's a clear connection. Um, So let's talk about the three main ADHD characteristics. Hmm. So this is, you know, an ongoing pattern of inattention or hyperactivity impulsivity that interferes with functioning or development and it can people with ADHD experience an ongoing pattern of the following types of symptoms Hmm. so the first symptom is inattention so it means a person may have ability to stay on task sustaining focus and staying organized and these problems are not due to defiance or lack of comprehension Mm -hmm. it's really just part of what ADHD does to you. It just Mm -hmm. gives you that inability to not stay on task (laughs) and finish the task, finish the damn task. Yeah. And oftentimes this will come out like I'll be evaluating a child's speech and language and their parent, they don't qualify for speech and language services because their receptive and expressive language is adequate within their own age level. And the parents are upset. They can't believe they don't qualify because they never listen to them. They don't follow directions. They have a hard time retelling a story, blah, blah, blah. It's difficult to explain how um, attention is necessary to utilize your receptive and expressive Uh. language abilities. If you're not paying attention, you're not going to understand or hear the person who's giving you a direction. I'm not going to be processing what you're saying because I'm not paying attention to you. But it doesn't mean you don't have the ability to process what I'm saying to you. It just means you're not paying attention ever. Yeah. So that's That's what a lot of those tests will show is they're, they're functioning within their age level for speech and language. Now we have to, I'm not saying they that you're wrong, that those symptoms are not happening. I'm just saying it's not that they can't function in this way at their age level for receptive and expressive language. They're just not paying attention. Now let's get you the resources to focus on that. But parents have a hard time disconnecting from what their belief was about the problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard when, when they're presented facts that contradict what they what they assumed yeah you know? yeah and i can see why that's confusing mm-hmm. for the parent at first yeah to be like oh well they for sure have issues with their speech and deficiency or their learning levels when really it's an attention problem right and i can see why the parent might think that yeah. however what you just said was valid which is you absolutely need to pay attention in order to change those behavioral mm-hmm. or get on track with the behavior problems yeah yeah um, okay, hyperactivity. 
So this means a person has to move constantly, including in situations when it's not appropriate Mm -hmm. or excessively fidgets or taps or talks. In adults, hyperactivity may mean extreme restlessness or talking too much. Mm -hmm. You know what's funny is I called my dad out on this recently. He didn't always used to be this way, but for some reason lately, Mm -hmm. he is like super hyperactive and like at family events when we're all sitting in a living room talking or stuff he'll like often make excuses to leave the room or Mm -hmm. do something and at first I just didn't think anything of it but it was starting to happen way more frequent and I was like dad what's going on like you always have to leave the room and it's not because he's uncomfortable with the conversation like the conversation's fine it's just that he has to be moving and he Mm -hmm. that's what he told me he was like I just I can't sit on the couch I can't sit on the couch that long I was like, you used to be able to do this, though. This is kind of like a recent development. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, I don't know. Lately, I just feel like I got to get my legs moving, my Mm -hmm. legs walking all the time. And I was like, that's strange. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I I do think my dad um, has a lot of, I think he needs to get tested for ADD, but I don't think he ever will. He doesn't believe it exists. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Impulsivity. So it means a person may act without thinking or having difficulty with self-control uh, impulsivity could also include a desire for immediate rewards or the ability to delay gratification or the inability to delay gratification. An impulsive person may interrupt others or make important decisions without considering long-term consequences. Mm-hmm. I do have that sometimes. Do you have any, I, I feel like there's certain things that I think out through like very thoroughly, but uh-huh. then there's times in my life or just like moments where, throughout the day where I'll just impulsively (laughs) decide to do some other thing that was not on the plan that day or Mm -hmm. just something, right? Um, And it usually involves something that gives me immediate gratification. (laughs) Yeah. No, not really. (laughs) I'm hyper-disciplined, so I don't really experience this. But I do think the previous thing that you mentioned that um, in the research about what causes ADHD, it was saying... um, brain injuries can cause ADHD. And it makes sense that they might think that because oftentimes a brain injury causes impulsivity. Uh So they could, there could be that it causes impulsivity. It causes poor attention. So there are some overlaps in the symptoms that like a brain injured person would be presenting. Mm. Um, So they might think, Oh, that's now they have ADHD, but I don't know. It'd be interesting to read the research on if, they're really presenting as someone with ADHD or there are just overlapping symptoms when you Uh, have a TBI. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the three main ADHD presentations, how they present, how they show. Um, These are the three different ways ADHD presents itself, depending on which types of symptoms are the strongest in the individual. Okay. So we have predominantly inattentive presentation. And this makes it so that it's hard for the individual to organize or finish a task, to pay attention to details, or to follow instructions or conversations. The person is easily distracted or forgets details of daily routines. Okay. So mainly distracted, inattentive, um, can't finish a task. Yeah. Kind of like what you were saying before. Yeah. That you were experiencing. That's how I present. Okay. (laughs) Um, Predominantly hyperactive, impulsive presentations. So this person fidgets and talks a lot. It is hard to sit still for long um, periods of time, 
and smaller children may run, jump, or climb constantly. So the individual feels restless and has trouble with impulsivity. Someone who is impulsive may interrupt others a lot, grab things from people, or speak at inappropriate times. It is hard for the person to wait their turn or listen to directions. Uh, a person with impuls impulsiveness may have more accidents and injuries than others. So I wouldn't say I'm impulsive in these ways, to be mm -hmm. honest. Mm -hmm. My impulsivity is more like I will randomly choose to do something that day that wasn't planned just so that I can get immediate gratification. But this kind of thing where like interrupting people or grabbing things from people, those kind of examples, not really yeah. I don't experience that. And actually I'm annoyed when people do that, <laughs> when other people are that way. Stop doing that. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I don't like all the time, but just sometimes, you know. Uh, combined presentation is uh, symptoms of the above two types are equally present in the person. So yeah, um, you can have both of those at the same time. And I would say that probably makes the ADHD um, aspect, you know, full. Whereas, you know, I feel like ADD, we might just have the top one, which is the predominantly inattentive presentation. Yeah. And then the ADHD would include both of these. But I don't know. I'm totally making that up. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying stuff. <laughs> yeah, I just it's it seems right to me. <laughs> Imagine that's how all that's how everything is handled in this world. Well, uh -huh. it seems right to it me. Seems right. <laughs> okay, so um, symptoms. Sim oh, it's also important to note that symptoms can change over time, so the presentation over time may change mm -hmm. as well. You're not locked in. Not locked in. Um, okay, so a child with ADHD, these are some symptoms that you might see in a child who might experience ADHD. So they daydream a lot. Um, that was me. Mm. <laughs> Still is me as an adult. Um, forgets or loses things a lot. That used to be me, but I don't really do that anymore. I've kind mm -hmm. of tightened that up. Um, squirm or fidget. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just thought of when we were going to Utah. Oh my God. <laughs> Of and course, we you gotta. Were, I'm sorry, I just had to. It's so funny. We were driving. I think, yeah, we were going from <laughs> Arizona. We were going from Arizona to Utah, and Brooke is driving, and she has a little pouch with her like phone and keys and wallet in it, and. <laughs> I think none of the stuff was actually in the pouch. She had all three of those things kind of out and about. So she's driving. We've been driving for like 10 minutes. And all of a sudden she goes, oh my God, where's my phone? And Derek's in the front seat and like picks it up and goes, this right here. Oh, oh my God, where's my wallet? And Derek looks down and picks it up. And I see her keys in the back, like in the little behind the seat thing. And I go, Cannot. Brooke, your keys are back here. And she goes, eh, leave them. <laughs> I cared so much about the location of everything, but then the keys, I was like, yeah, leave them. <laughs> oh, we bring that up constantly because it was just, we, it was quiet. She's in such a good mood. And then all <laughs> ask about both of those things and then quickly changes her tune about the keys. Oh, I'll leave them. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Forgets or loses things a lot. Next. <laughs> uh, squirm or fidget. Oh, that's the hyperactive part. Yes, talks too much. <clears throat> it's you. <laughs> There's 
rest of this is going to be just passive aggressive Brooke being like, I'm upset you brought that up. So Megan, what Megan likes to do is she likes that. Oh my gosh. Just like the entire podcast just being like. The rest of the episodes forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how you keep things really messy in your house. Just say false things all the time. <laughs> Which, by the way, Megan's house is immaculate. It's so freaking clean. But I'm just saying that as a joke. Oh, like, hilarious. Okay. Um, okay. Makes careless mistakes or... T- uh, sorry. Takes unnecessary risks. There we go. So that impulsivity factor. Unnecessary risks. Yes, yes, yes. See, I, I am... I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Has a hard time resisting temptation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Has trouble taking turns. Oh. My not, turn. Not you. My turn. <laughs> Stop talking. As soon as you talk. No, Megan. My turn. Um, has difficulty getting along with others. Mm, okay. Interesting. Okay. And adults with ADHD may present with that impulsiveness again. Uh, disorganization and problems prioritizing. Mm-hmm. Poor time management skills. Problems focusing on a task. Trouble multitasking. Oh my gosh, all the things that like a company demands. <laughs> I was just going to say, this sounds like all the requirements for every job ever. I just keep imagining an ADHD person in an interview when they're like, so how how do you, thri- do you thrive in a fast-paced work environment? Oh yes, 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 yes. I love time management skills. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, is that your dog? <laughs> right in the middle of it. Yeah, no, this for sure sounds like a list of requirements for a job, and totally. it's so funny. And these are all the things that you have to, like, lie out of your ass about. <laughs> well, at least me. I'm just like, yeah, for sure. I'm so good at that. Um, by the way, multitasking is a farce, okay? I hate that term in general because that literally means that you're going to give 50% to every task in front of you, which is a non-efficient way to do things. Mm. I just, I don't know. Multitasking isn't real. Isn't It should not be. It's been be... proven that people can't do that yeah. at a 100% level for all things. Yeah. And yet companies still demand that you do it. We still demand. productivity, but then might get mad at you for maybe cutting corners on one thing. And it's like, you made me do five things at once. Yes. What do you expect? And this is part of what I was talking to you about earlier with my mm-hmm. job and how frustrating it is, is because they keep adding on stuff for us to do. Yeah. But because we have so much more to do now in our jobs, we are cutting corners to get these things done. And then later they're slapping our wrists for cutting corners. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, we Which have eight hours in the day. Want? Yeah. Which one? Pick one. Seriously, it's ridiculous. Anyways, um, excessive activity or restlessness, uh, poor planning, low frustration tolerance. Well, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> always angry like Megan. <laughs> Megan is always angry. No, <laughs> Frequent mood swings. Also me. <laughs> <laughs> Problems following through and completing tasks. Me. Hot temper. Ooh, Both hot, of us. Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> Trouble coping with stress. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> Don't yeah, at okay. me. I know. <laughs> yeah, so those are all the adults with ADHD and what that looks like. Now, let's get into the correlations between codependency and ADHD because that's Perfect. ultimately what we want to talk about here. Yes. How are they related? 
So research shows that there is a heavily implied link between ADHD and codependency, and codependency can obviously, as we know, develop from adverse childhood experiences of maltreatment like abuse or neglect, and those with ADHD are far more likely to experience early maltreatment than their neurotypical peers. So it's no surprise that the two are linked because, you know, codependency has that uh, the adversement in childhood and then ADHD people usually have that as well um, mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah. And I do think that like tuning out thing, like even if somebody doesn't agree that it's not genetic, even if somebody doesn't agree that it's exactly caused by the tuning out, this, the consequence would be the same. I do think maybe that would be more easy to agree uh, everybody to agree upon like if you're tuning out you're not as connected with your feelings so you would be harder to set boundaries right true that's very true yep um adhd does not naturally cause people to want to manipulate others however as with any person someone with adhd could also be abusive in relationships Mm. alternatively they may hyper focus on the new relationship due to their excitement and this can look similar to love bombing but the motivation is very different Mm mm-hmm yeah, that's really interesting because I feel like um, I was kind of thinking of it like it would be easy for an ADHD person to become codependent because you're tuning out your feelings, mm-hmm. right? But then this is saying like they're going to be love bomby to somebody and perhaps like want to like the like we talked about in the last episode like the narcissist want to be in a relationship with a codependent person because they can glom on to them and the codependent person lets them Hmm. you know okay because they're saying that the adhd person is so hyper focused on somebody and is yeah. so excited that they end up being love bomby for whatever motivation i suppose we'll get into that but um, that that actually would look more like they are seeking out someone who's codependent so that they can do all that stuff kind of like a fire hose and the codependent will just kind of take it, you know? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting because then you can also say a codependent does the same thing, which they hyper fixate mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the new person as well, right? So they're kind of doing yeah, that to each other. I guess, which is how it is. The dance, yeah. we're doing that. We're all, it's control both ways. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. And it, there's a little short list of characteristics of both ADHD and codependency. Typically, both have poor executive functioning, impulsive behavior, and they adopt a person's lifestyle, beliefs, and goals. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what we we're talking about. The hyperfixation can make you do those things, right? right. Like if you're totally hyper focused on this new person in your mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. you're gonna want to adapt mm-hmm. all everything that they do. Yeah. And so I can see both an ADHD person or a codependent being like, yeah. you know, yeah, like totally. just totally gets obsessed with it, right? Well, because then if you're a codependent, I was because it says impulsivity, impulsive behavior, and I was like, mm, is our codependent impulsive? But then maybe what they're saying is like, if you're so hyper focused on someone and you're believing like they are everything Mm -hmm. you can risk everything for that relationship very easily right so and that become looks like impulsive behavior right right because it doesn't really make sense what you're doing because your motivation is i just need to keep this relationship intact right right yeah it's really interesting Mm. the poor executive functioning um i go i think 
googled what that was, but I forgot. Do you do you know what that is? <laughs> yeah. So the I would say that I was trying to see what, how that's related to codependency, um, and I don't know. I mean, it's a cognitive functioning that requires. It's like a high level of functioning that requires. Working memory, flexible thinking, sequencing. It's like the CEO of our brain managing all of the cognitive skills and putting them all together. Mm. So, you know, being the prefrontal able, cortex, basically. It is. Yeah, oh, exactly. Is it? It's where the, most of that work is done. Yeah. Um, so I suppose that would be that. I mean, because that's where like self control comes into play and being able to like all the things we said earlier, time manage and yeah. um, those higher level functions. I'm, I'm having a little bit of a hard time understanding how that's connected to codependency. Me too. Honestly. I was trying to make the connection honest. as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I suppose maybe if I'm stretching it would be like, if I'm codependent, I'm ignoring a lot of my actual priorities Okay. So it looks like I'm having a hard time maybe um, triaging and priorita- yeah. prioritizing my schedule or people in my life or something. That's how I saw it. There really, was... I'm just choosing that person. I don't know right. that it really would, is like poor executive functioning skills. I just am prioritizing that person over everybody else. Yeah, that's and I completely agree with you on that. So I was like, I don't know if it's poor. It's mm-hmm. more like I'm choosing this person over everything else. But maybe they mean, like, it doesn't feel like it's a choice because it's so... Right. Like, when you're in it, it's yeah, like you're not that's true. consciously thinking that you're that's choosing. true. You know what I mean? If you do feel like you have to. Yeah. You know? Because okay. sometimes I... When I am in a new thing with someone or whatever, and then I hyper... Or I get codependent, yeah. uh, I'm not thinking in my brain, like, oh, this person is yeah. going to come first. Yeah, It just... Everything else goes to shit, and then I realize... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm on board now. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, we've always mentioned on this podcast that we are not mental health professionals. Yes. We are just... We're just chatting, really. <laughs> just chatting. <laughs> oh, and right. we were saying, though, that we were hoping to bring on guests who are experts in things like OCD, ADHD, these very specific um, mental health yes. issues with facts behind them. Yes. So that we can ask these questions, the questions that we don't understand. Correct. Right? Which is why you guys will need to stay tuned for season two of our podcast, Da-da-da. which will come out next year because we already have a couple guests lined up. Yay. So just FYI. But mm-hmm. anyways, let's get back on track. Let's get back on track. We're People. getting ADD right now when trying to discuss it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay. People who are hyper-focused on a relationship may want to see the person they are dating frequently, text or call often, and prioritize their partner over other commitments, friends, or hobbies. Okay, so they're saying that is common in ADHD because of the love-bombing hyper-focus, but also we have talked about all those things in codependency as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And a side note on love-bombing, if you guys don't know what that is, I'm sure you have, though, because it's all over social media now, and it's like it's one of the, it's like the term narcissist that everyone loves to throw right. around. Everyone loves to now throw away or throw around love bombing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just means when someone's sending you all that fluffy, duffy text in the beginning and calling you and telling you that you're the greatest thing in the world and things like that when they don't ne- don't even know you yet, mm-hmm. you know, which yep. can be a definite red sign, red flag. Please stop. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, oh, and then I forgot we were going to get into that right now. So I gave you a little preview. But a little preview. 
Um, how to differentiate love bombing and hyperfocus. So people can tell the difference between love bombing and hyperfocus by considering the consequences of saying no to these requests. So if the person would get angry, lash out, guilt trip someone, or deliver an ultimatum, they could be using abusive behavior to try and get their way. If the only negative consequence is disappointment or mild frustration, this is not a sign of abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a good way of thinking about it. And I do, again, I know I always say this, but there's no perfect villain. It doesn't have to be dramatic. They don't have to come to your house and yell at you, you know, for you to be like, oh, that's negative in some way. Like, they're, yeah. they hate, if you say no or you don't respond the way that they want you to or in kind to their love bombingness, then and then they respond with like some sort of little manipulative sad response mm -hmm. like that still is not okay that still is an yeah. indication that this isn't something that's coming from a healthy place you know exactly yeah it doesn't have to be dramatic right and i don't think the adhd person is trying to be manipulative when mm -hmm. they are love bombing i think it's because of the hyperfixation mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. causes them to do that right so it's also important to keep in mind that you know they might just be ADHD and not like a toxic love bomber. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then, again, that will be clear when you respond the way exactly. you want to and they don't have a manipulative response. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And when they give you a normal response to being shut down, mm -hmm. then that's... There we go. You're yeah. like, okay, this is just a quirk about you. <laughs> right, right. Okay. And then let's talk about the strategies for functioning with ADHD. What is the plan? What is the plan? What's the action plan? <laughs> And of course, I mean, this, you're going to have to consult a mental health professional mm -hmm. because if you, if medication is needed, that might be something that you should discuss with someone. Yeah. However, if you, it's not something that needs medication, these are some things you can also do. So mm -hmm. make time for exercise every day, mm -hmm. you know, especially if you deal with that hyper, um, what is it? Mm -hmm. The hyperactivity aspect of the yeah. diagnosis. If you deal with that hardcore, I would definitely recommend exercise. Mm -hmm. You're getting all that pent up energy out. Yeah. Um, accept yourself and your limitations. Okay. You just know that you're human. Yes. <laughs> uh, find people that accept you. Mm -hmm. Look for time in your day to unwind. Mm -hmm. So you might, you know, you might need a time de-stress. De-stress. Exactly. Create a system for prioritizing your day. Yeah. Systems, routines, I think, are probably huge, right? Absolutely. But telling an ADD person to come up with a system and yeah. routine is like telling them. And that's why I think therapy is really helpful because somebody can brainstorm with you. Yeah. And then sure. you just follow the plan. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. That's good. Uh, use your own internal clock to your benefit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, create deadlines for projects. Mm -hmm. Break down all tasks into steps. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a really good way of doing it. If you don't yeah. want to write, if you don't want to necessarily try and prioritize your day, if that seems like a daunting task, just write down all the steps it yeah. takes to get those things done. Yeah. And like I recommend for my patients who are, have cognitive goals to physically have a checklist and check it off as you go because it mm. will bring your brain back to the reality of what you're doing rather than allow it to daydream into something else. I see. You know, so then you have a, a safety net there keeping you where you need to be, oh. you know. Okay. Spoken from the professional over here. <laughs> I mean, that's not for ADHD, but I would imagine it would still be helpful, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um... Create, or was it provide your own structure mm -hmm. and learn about ADHD? Yeah, a lot of this, um, when we talk about strategies to function with what you're dealing with, a lot mm -hmm. of it does come back to research. Yeah, 
um, it does make you feel so much better. I don't know about, uh, for me it does. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel better when I learn something new about myself and then I do all the research about Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Or I learn something new about someone else in my life and I do that research Mm -hmm. because then it it really helps strengthen that relationship Mm -hmm. when you know what they're dealing with mentally or what you're dealing with mentally and you can move forward more informed. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because I think it m- makes it easy to do the thing we said a couple steps ago, which was accept yourself, right? Yeah. Zoom out, recognize you're not crazy. It's not just you. Ex- accept all of yourself. And then two, I think it helps you break down to the origin of why this is happening, because that's the place you need to get to to create a plan. For sure. You know. And Joe Dispenza, he's um, a famous uh, doctor um, of psychology. He says, he says something that I really like, which he says, this, in this day and age, ignorance is a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, there's so much information at our disposal exactly. that it really is a choice to just not know about something. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you want to learn about ADHD or if you have someone in your life and you just don't know how to figure mm-hmm. them out, do the research yourself. Empower yeah. yourself because... Yeah, it's empowering. Yeah, at the end of the day, you, you can either choose to be ignorant mm-hmm. or you yeah. can choose to know. And what a blessing that is because a lot of this world information was kept from the majority of the people so for sure let's use it let's use it and on that note do do you like us bye Bye. for you